0: And welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and I'm R. Neville Johnston.
1: And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And I pulled an affirmation card for the show tonight, and our topic tonight is, is, um, is called Peace of Mind, and the card says, uh, Solar Plexus Chakra, I am at peace with myself in the world. So I thought it was very apropos, so I thought I would share it. Mm -hmm. So it's about peace of mind. There really is nothing more important than that. There really is nothing more important than peace of mind. And since everything is a state of mind, we have access to peace of mind at any moment. That may be easy and simple, but yet at times can appear very difficult and hard to get there.
0: Oh, absolutely. So the thing about having peace of mind, you have peace of mind when you resolve what is not letting you have peace of mind.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So then that's uh, that's a technique by which you can sharpen your mental acuity to understand what the resolve is. So the um, thing that is not resolved does a very good job of keeping you from resolving. And so you might start with, okay, so I don't have peace of mind. What has to be resolved for me to have peace of mind? And something is bound to chirp. Okay. So then how do I get to resolve on whatever that thing is? Uh, It does depend on the thing. But the thing about it is that um, to arbitrarily go to peace, to remain in peace. So the Buddhists will always talk about what it is that you can't resolve is related to some ambition you have. And then that leads very smoothly into the idea of releasing your ambition about it. Mm-hmm. You know, As we teach, blessed if it does, blessed if it doesn't, I choose to be at peace with it. Okay, so that otherwise you're attached to outcome. The other thing that will keep you from having any sort of peace of mind is a relentless death grip on some outcome that you expect to happen. You know, I'll get even with, I'll, you know, whatever it is, the, the classic gambling trap that people, I'll just, I'll go back in there just once, I'll win all my money back, and then I'll quit. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that works really well, doesn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. So it's not about, re- uh, so that's, that's basically as backwards as it gets. And I always think that it's some sort of a cosmic joke that human beings walk facing forward, given the basic attitude human beings have. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's true. Yes, okay. And we back into success sometimes.
1: mm -hmm, That's true. Well, when we were talking about peace of mind, I I realized that we go from peace, P-I-E-C-E of mind, to P-E-A-C-E of mind, Mm -hmm. because it's what the Buddhists call becoming at one with yourself. I explain often to people that come to me for tapping or emotional uh, release and um, just coaching sessions that it's like traumas in our life or beliefs that go counter to us or experiences that make us believe something about ourselves that isn't serving is like a boulder in a stream. And once that happens, forevermore, the stream flows around it on each side. And so we are of split mind. So part of us agrees with whatever that trauma was and part of us disagrees. And forevermore, those two sides of us are at war within us and we're not really moving forward. And when we resolve the boulder by t- through tapping, through um, release of whatever kind, the water then comes back together. We have access to the full spectrum of the truth instead of just these two polar truths. Mm-hmm. And so we become one with ourself and that's when happiness is there. So having a peace of mind does indeed involve resolving the pieces of mind that are split through trauma and negative beliefs and and things that have happened to us throughout our life. And really, the only way to go up, to ascend, is to go down within yourself. We think that we can use the principles of the laws of attraction and principles of the universe to go from here all the way up to there. But nothing is real or authentic if we're leaving parts of ourself behind they will always pursue us and we will have to wait up for them eventually so it's better to go ahead and resolve these things now Um, in the carlos castaneda books and the toltec teachings it talked about it's a lot of t's right there talked about recapitulation and that they believed that when you died your life flashed before your eyes and we believe that a lot i remember gilligan's island and everything it would have that where we our whole lives flashed before our eyes and what that means is they felt at the moment of death or right before that and right after that you are resolving the unresolved things in your life and therefore you didn't have an easy access out of your body into conscious death so the more we resolve in our lives now the less we will have to resolve at the end and so therefore the less painful hanging on type of an existence we'll have we'll have a much more ready uh, launch into the afterlife so we have to do it why not do it now consciously
0: oh absolutely Uh, and as everyone knows we are a call-in show so please call in if you have comments or questions or would like to articulate uh, something about the idea that it's um, achieving peace of mind and so there's that's quite a file the achieving of peace of mind there's um, virtually no um, adult order of thinking that does not pass through the idea of achieving peace of mind. So there are ways so it looks as though the mind in its normal state knows no peace. You know, and that would be the average person let me just say 24-7. And by 24-7 I actually meant all the time. So having no peace is normal. Alright, so in that normal chaotic mind, not you of course, that normal chaotic mind. Then, if you get an idea, <laughs> an inspiration. I have an inspiration. Your mind is instantaneously at peace, because more or less idling in the human brain is being without peace. Oh, I got to do this. I'm going there. I'm going there. Right. That's what goes through one's head. Okay, now once you have an inspiration, I'll invent a car that runs on light. Hmm, good idea. Only works during the day. However, yeah, all right. So once you've decided you're going to do something, then you do have peace of mind because the mind is functioning. This lack of peace of mind occurs only when you are not paying attention, only when, you know, and it'll eat you up. And, and so then, of course, there's the whole scenario about fear, doubt, worry, and guilt taking up any sort of peace of mind you might possibly have. And then when you have an unresolved conflict, it just pops up like a gopher, something funnier than a mm-hmm. gopher. Yeah.
1: A uh, prairie dog.
0: Good, okay. They're cute. These, so these prairie dog thoughts keep coming up. Did I, did I turn the iron off? Did I leave the refrigerator open? Did I shut the water off? And these things just keep cascading, taking away from you. Mm -hmm. Okay, so how do you stop that? Well,
1: uh, that's what I was saying about pieces of mind, because there are fragmented. And it does come from feeling unsafe, from feeling insecure. And I know we have a call. Thank you. Um, But it comes from feeling uh, unsupported, unloved, unprepared, all those unwords. But why don't we take the call, and then we can continue the conversation?
0: Okay hi caller what's your name please
3: hi this is edith
0: Edith. oh good to hear from you what's going on
3: i just have a question for you um i'm feeling a little bit torn about my involvement in the church on the one hand i really enjoy it Mm -hmm. and i really appreciate a lot of the people there on the other hand for a while i've just been I don't know. Just, just sort of getting more and more irritated with some of the, the petty things that that go on. And anytime you're involved in an organization, sometimes there's just bureaucracy, or there's just pettiness, and there's also a lot of really positive things. But I find myself just feeling more and more torn. With you know, do I want to keep pursuing it and pursuing ministry, or you know, should I just? maybe take a break and um yeah i've been sort of taking a a break and and being a little bit more distant for the past year but i also feel like uh, i should be making a decision whether i want to go forward or not so uh, you know i'm thinking about the theme peace of mind mm -hmm. and i just so it's just something that's been on my mind for a while well, you know and that um, I'm going to hang up and, and just listen to what you have.
1: Okay. To say. Well, thank you, Edith, and and that's such a good good example because you're of two minds, so that's a split mind, that's pieces of mind, and I, the more I uh, when that occurred to me earlier, the more I think about it, it's so appropriate, the pieces of mind to piece of mind, um, and mm-hmm. I feel that what holds us back is a belief. Like, let's say you're moving forward. And there's a belief that well, i started this i must finish this or i started this and people are depending on me or whatever that is and so it's like holding your coattails and pulling you back and really ideally your energy is moving on and i i wrote something and put it on my wall many years ago and so helpful to me and i pull it out occasionally and, and remember it again and and it helps And it's that I place my attention on the faces of those walking toward me, not the rear ends of those walking away. Because when things become petty and all that, that's usually a sign that you're hanging on out of a sense of duty or a belief rather than out of your your pure choice. And so I think that there are times when we outgrow things and we don't have to read the book to the end if we, if we feel done. We don't have to go and complete something. So if you free yourself from any of those beliefs that you have to stick it out or it's your duty or whatever, then the right thing will open up to you. And it probably will just be a morphing of what you have currently. It doesn't mean you have to walk away. But I, I do feel that, that that part of you that is pulling you forward Would be well served to address it, to look at it honestly without the beliefs holding it back.
0: Well, that's well put. As soon as you have uh, reached critical mass in a book, putting it down, right? So, the reason that that's such a monumental thing to do to put it down, even though you would be happier putting it down, is you believe you you have to finish it. Which is attachment, attachment Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. outcome. And so, uh, any form of irritation will trace to an attachment to outcome. In other words, if it's politics within a particular church or particular, oh, let's say the United States, the attachment to outcome is overwhelming. Okay, so the response to attachment to outcome is most often manipulation. I'll go in there and make these people see the way it's supposed to be. I'll manipulate them into seeing it the way I see it. Okay, and then there's the idea of allowing now, if you can allow you to be free, if you can allow you to put down the book, I, I have to write a note, but I'll give myself permission to put the book down. There. So I have it right here. I have it right here. There's a note. I'm allowed to put the book down. Okay? I, I've signed it also. So it is by my own authority that I can put the book down. But then the book nags, or some event nags, or something somebody said in class or the church or the country or wherever that is. Nags, okay, and it's the nagging that keeps from the peace of mind from occurring because the resolve, you know, you have a note that's signed, um, doesn't quite catch. Follow? Because we've been trained to have absolutely no authority. We've been trained that all authority is somehow outside of us and we have to get permission to put the book down or, okay, so then with the idea of, of simply allowing all this, then you once again find yourself in charge of things. So in writing the new book on the subject of uh, getting the English, um, all languages on earth, to be fluent in the subject of love, Okay, I sometimes wake up with the full-blown um, sentences in my mind, sometimes more than a sentence sometimes just a few words so i don't know a week ago i woke up with the idea of wearing love as a superpower there is nothing that love does not define that was the sentence i woke up with and those sentences will get away from you so i wrote it down wearing love as a superpower which after i wrote it down and didn't look at what i wrote You know five hours later or something i'm going wearing love as a super costume no that wasn't it (laughs) wearing love as an ensemble no so wearing love as a superpower because it is okay so when the person or the situation is annoying and not that i'm there yet we're all works in progress but the annoying situation stop that the annoying situation continues on and etc okay but if you love it oh you're drawing attention to yourself that's so sweet look at that okay uh if you everything translates to love the distance between the event and you're seeing it as love because of the language we're taught to speak that can be approaching infinity that distance between the event and your recognition of it as love so as always the idea of allowing and once you allow them to be that annoying my god you're annoying and i'm really going to tick you off i'm going to allow you to be annoying no i could never be annoying unless it was annoying how dare you allow me to be annoying that's very Mm. annoying
1: yeah well wearing love as a superpower is a really good thing because Mm -hmm. ultimately it's a matter uh, uh, one of the things i think that makes it very difficult to make a decision is we live in an age where it is quite an art to make everything as confusing as possible. And so you never know if you're making the right decision. And there's always some looming fear that if you make the wrong decision, you're going to lose your job. If you make the wrong decision, you're going to uh, ruin people's lives or you'll get the wrong cell service. I I was changing phone services around. And they really we profoundly talented at making everything as complex and packaged differently so that you couldn't make a comparison. And so our society is, in essence, going against us to make us doubt our decisions. So <laughs> we have decision issues. And here is how I got around this in my own life. I made a decision one time that I went, oh, no, and I had this deep regret about it. It wasn't anything major that affected anything in the outside world, but I felt like, oh my God, I've really messed up. And the pain from that was so much, this was many years ago, that I decided that from now on, whenever I make a big decision, I was going to write a letter to my future self and explain why I was doing it. And I found out, or I realized that my current self now would beat my former self up for making these decisions and it was so unfair because the me now or my future me has the benefit of having the experience that that past me was so bold as to have and so courageous as to do and walk that journey and so why would i ever ever disparage her for doing that for me all the wisdom she brought me and so i wrote that letter and i realized i'm never going to beat that that me up again And that is how I got out of that. So if we get back to what Edith was saying about this decision, um, sometimes it seems unfair that we are in a place and we're happy and conditions there change, and so we're no longer happy. And so sometimes we may stay because we're holding on to that old state that it was where we were happy out of a resistance to what is right now. So if you release, like Buddha says, the cause of all um, suffering is a resistance to what is. If you say, it is what it is, this is the political climate here, do I feel comfortable in it right now? And I, if I promise myself that my future self is not going to beat me up for making this decision, then all decisions become very easy. Mm-hmm. And so peace of mind is a reconciliation of anything that's going to distance you from you. and it, comes in the form of self-judgment and self-anger, self-hate, those sorts of things. So if you make a commitment that you're not going to do that to yourself, then that can't be held over your head. And what you really, truly want or desire in that situation will come clear.
0: Well, yeah, and our language works against us in this way. Because uh, the word um, complex, okay, the, um, first of all, if you understand a thing, it's not complex it goes away it's mm-hmm. no longer complex so if the word complex is used what it actually does is keep you from understanding which is why i kept failing algebra because <laughs> i thought it was so complex now
1: i loved algebra i was a math person
0: <laughs> yeah no i'm completely not a math person but it, it was doesn't puzzles, count so it was ah, like ah, a ah, puzzle ah, ah. <laughs> yeah So this idea of separating... you're right, you're right, because
1: you filed it under the category of complex, yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's the trick that's being used on us, as we were pointing this out. So that's the (laughs) taxes, (laughs) Mm -hmm. they're not complex. You made money, you pay some money.
1: (laughs) Trust me, I do a lot of taxes, they are complicated.
0: (laughs) I know, that's exactly what I'm... They don't have to be, though. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying, yeah. And it's much easier. I know,
1: I created that. They're easy, they're easy.
0: Yeah, especially with TurboTax. You feed it numbers, it spits out numbers. Yeah, I suppose. I don't know. I I haven't know. gotten I near do. any of that. I yeah. do that. Okay. I do that. Um, all right, so the idea of putting down what keeps your mind from being at peace with itself mm-hmm. and putting it down so that it does not pop back up. You know, In other words, if it pops back up, it wasn't resolved. Exactly. To my begin point. with.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: So the resolution for all these things... Uh, Well, one of is to enter into a state of meditation. Mm -hmm. So your mind in an educated state, in an evolved state, uh, in a loving state, when your mind reaches critical mass as far as the... uh, Was that the signature for the phone? Of course. Good, okay. (laughs) Uh, When you reach critical mass, then your brain ought to automatically begin meditation don't just automatically. How did all you people get in here? Your fire get out? Show me some ID. Get out. Okay. Now I can meditate, which is what happens every time I go to sleep. That concept. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Uh,
3: my, my name is Joe. Joe. Hi,
0: Joe. Hey, what can we do for you?
3: Now uh, uh, you, 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 you completely blow me away every time I listen to you, and, and that's a good thing. Well, thank that's you. That's a very good thing. Um, I, I guess how do I how do I deal with the internal rage that I have, you know, just with the normal public every day, you know, they're they're Okay. You know, you, you have people that cut you off in cars and, and just, just the just the people that just
1: don't care. How do you deal with that?
0: Joe, I've got this one for you. Whatever it is they're doing, it's something you do.
1: To yourself. Correct. To yourself, right. usually. Okay.
0: So it's not difficult for you to love yourself even though you just cut what's-his-name off. Well, I had to get going. He was in the way. Follow? Well, they're they're doing the same thing. So that's little pieces of you you keep seeing. Okay, so the more you love yourself, the easier it becomes to forgive the other person for being the idiot you really are, not you personally.
1: I, I've heard what? it said, thank you for showing uh, me what I used I'm to sorry, be like. I'm sorry, Mary, what were like. yeah. you saying? Oh, no, I was just, oh, never go ahead. He didn't hear you. Go ahead. No, it's okay. Go ahead. Finish what you were saying.
0: Uh, well, you were saying that
1: I, I... I was just a, su- uh, supplementing I what you said you by thank you for showing me what I used to be like. Yeah. Now, but but it's not so much that you're like that to other people. It's that you're like that to yourself. So we hate in others what we hate in ourselves. We yeah. also love in others what we love in ourselves. Mm-hmm. So you can tell you start having and it's not forgiveness or compassion it's that you just don't even see it anymore it's not even tangling with it enough to forget forgive it Mm -hmm. it's that it's just not interesting anymore and so therefore there's no harmony and and eventually it just goes away but i i always look at it as a beautiful friend that's showing me a mirror Mm -hmm. because it's an unhappiness a sadness and i'll give you an example joe if this makes sense to you when i had this job one time And there were three of us that worked for three divisions, and we did the same job. And two of us were single mothers, and we worked really hard. We'd stay late and take on all this extra because we felt we had to earn the money to support our kids. And this third person did not Mm -hmm. really need the money, and she came in. She left at five and would never really go over and above anything. And so both of these, uh, me and this other woman, we were very upset and angry because it seemed like she kept getting raises and everything, and it was just, oh... And so even back then I said, this has to do with me. What is this about me? And I realized I was mad at her because I was mad really at me for staying late. I was mad that I didn't do what she did, that I didn't just clock out at five Mm -hmm. o'clock. There was no one holding a gun to my head, but yet somehow I didn't feel good enough and so I went that extra mile. So what looked being mad at her was really mad at me for not doing what she was doing.
0: Yeah, it's very important to trace it back to the moment of anger, because that will occur. Yeah. Now, anger doesn't remain anger very long. It turns into resentment. It turns into guilt. It turns into, um, uh, if you ever see anyone hurting yourself, what you know about that person is that they are very guilty. That's what they, they're, uh, this, is the, this is what, and we're trained this way. We're brought up this way from the earliest years of our life, even um, before we're born, it it begins this process. Do you mind if I just make my final comment to Joe and then
1: please continue. I just was going to ask Joe, where in your life, if we take the example of being cut off in traffic, where in your life are you not letting you cut something off? Mm -hmm. Where are you holding on out of a sense of duty or a belief that's not beneficial to you, that somebody else doing that makes you mad because you're doing it to your own detriment. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I would just have you think about that. Yeah. Well
3: that you just made that very clear to me. I, 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 again I, I just I watch you guys all the time and, and both of you just are, are an inspiration to me. And I oh. and I appreciate your your thoughts and, and helping me through this.
0: Oh yes. well thank you. Thank you. And you are so correct. <laughs> now No this is good. See the, what would make you angry as soon as you're angry, your IQ goes down, I mean like um, some famous crash, I don't know where that might have been. Oh, the Hindenburg, there you go. As Your <laughs> IQ scary. goes down like the Hindenburg, let me tell you. Or the Titanic, that's it. As soon as you're angry, your IQ <laughs> goes down like the Titanic. There, that's a smooth statement, finally. And uh, when your IQ is lower, you become entangled in fear, out, worry, guilt, uh, <laughs> insecurity, you know, all these words that, that further spiral your IQ down. Okay, now, the idea is for what makes you angry to set off meditation, to set off contemplation, to set off a program that runs in your mind that allows you to begin to analyze what exactly is going on here. And the idea of the person, you know, cutting you off, what part of you are you angry at not cutting off? Because there's always the moment at which you could have used that golden, brilliant, powerful word—the word "no." Okay, the 700th helping of dessert. No. The—Would uh, you like to sign up to be hit in the head? By. <laughs> n- no. <laughs> would you like to join the <laughs> arms? Cer- you know, would you, yeah. you? Just and you say no. Okay, now I've been teaching this for a very, very long time. If you say anything after the word no, no isn't no anymore. No has clauses. No has little holes in it. No is not no. It's, you know, like somebody goes, can I borrow your car keys? This was a Saturday Night Live bit. And the guy that said no wasn't asked again.
1: No, that's my story about two college kids I saw.
0: Oh, I saw it on Saturday night, no. but it's the same thing. <laughs> I don't think so. No, there was a guy in a bar that, uh, well, whatever that is, it doesn't Maintain. matter. It doesn't <laughs> matter the source of it. It's yeah, just the idea that when but you say no. one had guilt,
1: one had right, guilt Right, exactly.
0: One not, yeah. yeah, that entire process. well, so well just, just one just other the power um, of no. Oh, yeah, Go the ahead. power
1: of no is very, very amazing because p- no is the rudder. That's what controls, that's what creates and steers your life. But I wanted to say something else to Joe as well and anybody else out there about what he was bringing up yeah. about feeling angry. Um, and I, I think we all do. We go out there and it's like, oh, we have anger. Well, when we witness somebody else being angry, like cutting people off and doing these things that are unjust, p- sometimes that can be because we never allow ourselves to feel our anger now, feeling your anger doesn't mean going out there and punching a wall or tripping old ladies or kicking puppies or anything. Oh, damn it. Feeling your anger means just sitting there and saying, I am really mad. Things have been unfair in my life or whatever is going on. Allow yourself to feel them, and they won't have to be acted out on the beltway in the morning. Um, anyway, I just wish to say that. And yeah. oh I'll tell that story if you don't mind, since we brought it up and we didn't about Well the I think
0: everybody knows the story pretty much. If you okay. just say no and don't leave any opening other than or no opening period. Okay. That is the way that works. So the idea of achieving peace of mind so far on this program, we've asked you to replace the circuitry that just spirals you down into feared out, worry, guilt, anger, etc., mm-hmm. and replace it with new machinery that allows you to uh, immediately begin analysis as to why this is happening as opposed to now self-love is self-discipline so in theory this would be very easy and at the same time we've had a lifetime's training a progressed brainwashing that if someone pisses us off words like revenge avenge, devenge, revenge all the venges get set off with a vengeance you might add <laughs> and um that's just silly, and when I came back from being shot to death, I don't think it was there before. It certainly wasn't foremost in my thinking at any point in this whole lifetime, that I didn't have the word revenge or any of those when I came back from being shot because of the overwhelming um, reinitiation of the entire brain pan, the whole thing. So brain
1: pot brain pan the whole thing
0: yes brain cookware i had a brain that's casserole One. that's why
1: you did that sculpture in the
0: i did a painting right after oh yeah okay
1: anyway it was a stupid joke
0: i did the painting right after. blah 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 uh after the shooting that was the shooting okay we were talking about something there any ideas <laughs> call in if you remember what oh, we were talking about
1: the 60s yeah i mean what can we say
0: yeah But uh, do call in. We love this because it it allows us to more readily touch what's going on in people's thinking. And Joe is absolutely right. So many of us get so pissed off at such little and mundane nonsense that it it takes life force and provides nothing. Everything
1: you get upset about, there is an electrical charge that's connected to something from the past. Always, always, always. And so just knowing that is powerful that's the kind of work I do with people, mm-hmm. is to trace it back to what the real cause is and, and let it go. And then everything in your life transforms from yeah. there. And so it, it is always, always about the, the real past. Cause, yeah. What are you pr- not allowing you to do? Are You get mad at other people that are doing the things that you don't allow you to do. And um, I think that if we get rid of the dictator and get more of the chooser and the decider in our head, uh, the, all the better uh, when we're making free power of choice. Okay, so we're talking about peace of mind. It is so profound what a peace of mind will do. Being at peace with yourself, um, speaking of, you mentioned meditation, and I yeah. can't agree with that even I- in any more than what you were saying. It's just beautiful, a beautiful tool for this. And by the way, I would like to announce, because I have forgotten the last n- number of weeks, but on Friday nights at 8.30 p.m., I do a free conference call, if you would like to call in, where I do a meditation for half an hour. It
0: mm-hmm. begins
1: with a group energy for something specific. Last time it was about absorbing the radiation out of the environment.
0: Tell them the number. Then,
1: um, Well, I would like for you to email me to oh, register, okay. so then I can send you, because it's a long list of things to do, or it's not a long list, but it's more information than, than you probably can memorize. And then there is a meditation technique and then a guided meditation on Friday nights. So if you'd like to, I'm doing this for free. Please partake of it. Uh, you know, if there's no interest, then whatever. And I'll be recording those and posting.
0: Mm-hmm. Excellent. Hi, caller. What's your name, please?
2: Hi, my name is Jennifer. Jennifer, yeah. what can we do for Good. you? Yeah, um, I'm calling about, uh, I have a question. It's more like an observation, I guess. I have a part-time job. And um, I, I, everything is going fine. And as soon as, let's say, the bosses leave, everybody starts whispering, and it's like the gossip um, pit of women.
1: Oh my <laughs> all god, around. it's terrible. And
2: I get very uncomfortable, but only because if something bothers me, you know, I'm used to communicating, and um, and I always try to work around the environment. Like, why is it popping up? You know, it's like, is it because I judge gossip? You know, maybe because I judge it, it's like coming up because I'm not being um, accepting of it. But either way, I, I, you know, I'm wondering what is the, it really takes away the peace. It sucks out the energy of the room. I don't know.
1: Well, i got to say, <laughs> thank you for bringing that up because I really think that that is an epidemic now and that kind of thing stems from fear and one of the things i was going to talk about about peace of mind tonight is in the workplace because the bosses are literally killing their employees with the anxiety around performance when there's half the amount of people doing the job now where people are working on their own time and nobody has time off and they're all terrified of losing their job that there's so much stress and tension that it creates this But I cannot even tell you how much more I have seen of this recently. So it has to do with fear. But sometimes we get in those situations, and I I used to keep something on my monitor at my job where it was a quote from Eleanor Roosevelt, and those of you who have been watching the show for a long time, you've heard me say this many times, but it is great minds discuss ideas, average minds discuss events, and small minds discuss people. And so every time I would hear people start gossiping about something, I would bring it up to the level of ideas, like if they're talking about what someone's wearing, i say, say, yeah, isn't that interesting that we can wear anything we want now and try to pull the conversation up? But sometimes we get involved in those kinds of toxic waste pits of emotion of people to know that we've outgrown something. And I think that rather than feeling like you have to deal with it on some level, just use that as a mirror that you've outgrown it. And it's like, wow. And all of a sudden it just falls away. There's a liberation. What were you going to say?
0: Um, Helena Roosevelt's quote, what was the last one small minds discuss?
1: Discuss uh, people, and people. then you say okay, politicians.
0: Politicians discuss issues as the next smaller mind, which I feel is very funny. Now, I figured out how to make a fortune off of the gossip pit. Are you ready?
3: Yeah.
0: Yes. Gossip pit wrestling. Okay. Charge admission. <laughs> okay. You get uh, three women. Let's say in the pit. Literally a pit. You could open a club behind this. Seriously, serve drinks. And and you, men. You, you can make yeah either way. But uh,
1: political mudslinging is gossip.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Even yeah. So this whole thing now gossip was originally uh, before we had the media. There was a time, you know. Uh,
1: when it th- was news carrying.
0: Yeah, it was the method of carrying news, but it corrupted massively as the media will, pardon me, will, the media is. The media is out to take you out because it, the, what happened yesterday? Oh, I turned on the computer. Really? Yeah, sh- gone. Uh, you know, when it's just following these little uh, uh, strands or whatever they're called, threads uh, of this gossip. So. Uh, If you walk in, and in your mind you're walking into a uh, theater of entertainment called the Gossip Pit, (laughs) and yes, and then you can laugh. The person will say, oh, I've got this unbelievably juicy, fluffed up interesting piece of gossip. Oh, really, what is it? And you fall over laughing, and then the person says this, and then you just are in hysterics. That You cannot win against somebody that's laughing at you. You see my point use, there
2: I, I do use my sense of humor yeah um in these situations and um i, th- I feel like it annoys them more when i make a joke that's my point
0: first. that's it exactly that's your you your said stance on the whole thing it is it's entertainment <laughs> or it's something that gets your goat or whatever animal you have well, to have well, handy it is so, it so it toxic that cotton. there
1: was a country in south america back in the early 2000s that made it illegal to gossip because it was so harmful and toxic, and that's what this whole Facebook bullying, passive aggression type of thing, it can really harm your your inner, inner works for sure. Yeah. But here, here's an idea. Um, I think I did this once. I worked in an office where people were just – it was usually a couple people that started it, and like the bully in, in school, everybody got afraid they'd be the target if they didn't participate. They were saying, like, terrible things. Whoever was together, and if that person went, then everybody else would gossip – and so I did an experiment where I gossiped, but I made up wonderful things. Like this one lady was out there and she started talking about, person A started talking about person B. And before she got very far and I said, oh, I wanted to tell you, I heard overheard person B say that you were a really wonderful person yeah. and she admires you a lot. And she just shut right up. She didn't know what to yeah, say well, after yeah, that.
2: I, I'm willing to try anything right try now. Try that and see
1: <laughs> if it works. Just, just make up things. And, and after a while, it becomes contagious, mm-hmm. and everybody gets up there. I think we let's all do this. Everybody that's watching, start doing that. Start gossip that's positive, and see what happens. You I would love to try the that. Name. Experiment.
0: Gossip is corrupted. It'll have to be positive. Pissi-
1: yeah, backwards. Positive. Positive. Posig, possiv- possig- pessig, possig-
0: Tune in again.
1: Oh, it's pissog. (laughs) Pissog is what it is. (laughs) Positive gossip.
0: Positive gossip. We have to
1: come up with a whole new word.
0: Several. In fact, a whole entire sentence, I think. And what that is,
1: to do that, is a spiritual Aikido, is what I call it. In Aikido, you're deflecting the energy and redirecting it back on them, or you're, Mm -hmm. you're deflecting it in some way. So you're taking this negative thought. And it reminds me, many years ago I waited tables and that's how I supported my children. And I, uh, one day these businessmen came in and I gave them very good service and one of them put down $2, which was a fair tip back in those days. And another guy picked it up and put down five dimes and said, it's just a waitress and I was standing right there. So I was livid, I was angry, I was so angry because was, I was angry on behalf of my children because I was taking care of them. And then I thought, well, what good is this going to do? So I said, I know how to get them. And I took the five dimes and I donated in the handicapped children's box at the register Mm -hmm. and said, ah ha ha ha, ha, I made you do something nice. (laughs) And it felt so powerful because Mm -hmm. I took that act and I totally, I ketoed it into something new. Yeah, yeah. So let's all do this at work. Let's see how we can change the world just by positive gossip.
0: Yeah, no, very good. Even
1: if it's a lie, it doesn't matter.
0: There we go, which will result in peace of mind because. When you do something that you feel is morally correct, regardless of legality, morally correct, then your mind becomes peaceful. You start to love yourself. Mm-hmm. You become... Very nice. yeah. And that's this whole process, the resolve. The reason the mind is not at peace is there is something left unresolved. And the reason we spend an entire lifetime of uh, slow to rolling boil of anger Uh, is that uh, all of these unresolved things. So the idea of uh, creating a different pathway for the energy is the idea of a more ascended human race. uh, uh, And we're going to ascend. And I figured out in my sleep, I seem to do a lot in my sleep, uh, that the other word for ascend is love. You know, and we will become a more loving society. Yeah, I have been for years talking about the ascension and its inevitability, and I see it all very clearly. But once I recognized that ascended and loving are synonyms, uh, an entire echelon of thought opened for me about the future of the planet and just how rapidly we can get to the point of being an evolved society. And, um, pardon me just a minute while we go off-planet, if we go to an advanced world, okay, there isn't armies, there aren't police, there isn't currency, there is everyone doing what it is they would love to do, and things just work out. The, uh, the military to defend them against pockets of evil that would uh, care to go trash a thing, that's called science. You know, all you have to do is set up a frequency. Any individual right now here on this planet can give off such a love vibe that whoever was about to shoot you cannot possibly shoot you. It is the way this works. If you are totally loving towards the thing that would disrupt you, it cannot disrupt you because your field is magnificently stronger than it. It really is the way it works. I know the military. I know all of this stuff. Nonetheless, if you love the um, love it, whatever it is, the arrow coming at you. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, it missed. Hmm. <laughs> I love the you know whatever the oh. the gossip aimed at you is. Oh, I love you for doing that. Do you realize how? I just come here. I love you, boy. You haven't got a clue. But come here. I love you. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, do you remember years ago when we, we did, one of the first shows Neville and I did together um, that wasn't the, like a reading type show, that, uh, yeah, this, yeah. this format was on fear, and I uh, was suggesting that we treat fear like a little puppy that we love, and it becomes smaller than us. Anything we can love, we become bigger than it, yeah. and so therefore we can handle it. So yeah. anything, as yeah, you become bigger than, right? Time okay. for the duck. Here come the duck.
0: Uh, this is our Thank beloved you. duck dangler. Here we go.
1: Now how the format of the show works is you can call in at any point. Okay, remember you can choose how you, f- um, how you feel and how you react to situations in your life. You are the master of yourself. And these are Mary's magical message cards.
0: Mm-hmm. Trust your heart's knowing right now. Trusting love, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, seek the deep counsel of your own experience, which is if there's a single lesson on this planet It is to trust your own knowing about everything.
1: Yeah, but seeking the deep counsel of your own experience, I mean, usually we think of our experience as nothing. It's never enough. It's never good enough.
0: Oh, very well put.
1: But how how the show works, for those that might be viewing this for the first time, you can call in at any point during the show with a question, and then after the duck, you can call in, and I will pull a few cards for you to give you some inspiration or some insight into your path. As always, uh, we let you know that you create your reality, so even the cards that are pulled are st- an opportunity for you to make new decisions or whatever, and so n- there's no card, there's no seer, there's no anything that is telling you what your life is. You are the one that creates it.
0: hmm Yeah, very well so, done. And, or you can call in if there's something else? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hi caller, what's your name please?
3: Hi, Neville. Hi, Mary. This is Denise. Happy New Year. Well, Happy wow. New happy Year to New you Year too. To you. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a feeling uh, 2014 is going to be amazingly different for me. So, Mary, could I get a little reading?
1: Sure. Be happy to do that. Thank you.
3: Thank you.
1: And I agree with you. I think 2014 14 is the best yet. I mean,
0: then I gotta be.
1: Well, it is. And this is the card brilliance and. When this card comes up, it's telling you to see your brilliance. We're, we're always trying to measure ourselves against other things, external things, other people, other things. And what this is saying is just to see you for what you are. It's like if you look at a flower and just really absorb it, it it's like this experience, this beautiful experience. If you're looking at it and comparing it to another flower, it's like, ugh. And get in one mind and really look at yourself. And the warm bath is like you don't have to prove yourself anymore. The warm bath is where you step into that warmth. It's, it's not a time to act or defend yourself or to strive. It's to relax. You've already, um, you already know who you are, and you don't have to prove yourself to anybody. And then this is a card of fertile ground, saying that that, that proving of yourself is, is gaining something for you. There is a lot of opportunity coming for you. And all you're really doing is picking things that you've already planted a long time ago. So it does look like an easy year of a warm bath. So thank
0: you, Denise. Yeah. Do we have another call? Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi,
3: this is Michael.
0: Michael, Hi, what can we do for you?
3: Hi there. I oh, was wondering if I could get a reading?
1: Sure. Be most happy to.
3: Thank you. I'll hang up.
1: Okay, great. Thank you. Well, the first card is the high road. And, and this is kind of what we're saying tonight about... Taking the high road, I know we were talking about um, the uh, peace of mind, and one of the things I wanted to say is just come up with a phrase like, everything is okay, or it's all okay, or I am calm and at peace. Come up with a mantra that you say to yourself all day long because your body really does respond to it. And I feel like that's what it's telling you right now. It's a time to take this high road. Do everything you do for your higher good rather than for a manipulation of circumstances or a response to circumstances. Walk your path as if it's only for you. And this is um, the path of finding your own truth. This person is standing in front of the mirror and all of their identities laying on the floor, the ones that they've tried on and it never felt comfortable. And they look in the mirror and they see the truth of who they are. And it's an angel. It is an angel. That's who you really are. And everything that you've been experiencing in the last year is showing you who you really are. And that's wonderful. Now, it looks like a fork in the road coming up for you. And what's beautiful is no matter which direction you look in, it's, this, it's a beautiful meadow, and you, you can't really make a wrong decision. But that one that goes to that um, lighter colored mountain, I feel like that's saying um, maybe try, try something new. That looks like newer grass back there. Just try something new because you can always go back and come back to that intersection again. So thank you.
0: Excellent. High caller? No, okay. So we're discussing the idea of actually being able to manually reset your mind at peace. Mm -hmm. And that uh, more advanced techniques of thought include the idea of an off switch, who knew? An off switch, that where whatever the unresolved conflict that's chewing on you, instead of lowering your IQ, like the Titanic, uh, that can be turned into a, a process by which you recognize the unresolved conflict and source it to its, ironically, its source and then deal with it there. And as the EFT is saying, mm-hmm. you um, you then your present becomes much smoother. So this idea of being in charge of what thought is in your mind, these are the things um, we used to say All right, repeat the alphabet with me. A, B, C, D. Now you knew E was coming, but you didn't have to think the E just because we said A, B, C, D. Yeah? And that is because you're in charge of what's going on in your mind. But then the E pops up again. Why did the E pop up? Well, it's a piece of something that is ready to be resolved, or it wouldn't pop up like that. It would remain waiting for its moment. But if it pops up, then then that's something that you look at and deal with. Mm. And so those techniques are. uh, And and it's got to be a form of fear, doubt, worry, guilt, um, insecurity. All of these things generate emotional patterning that just echoes through your head. it's amazing uh, that there's any peace of mind on the planet whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? i know you r2d2 yes there we go and that was his big brother but to call back i see someone in your
1: live name c3po yeah it will be a romantic connection
0: <laughs> or a short circuit
1: remember if you'd like to be part of the meditation break call you can uh email at telepathictv at yahoo.com and i'll send you the call-in information and the instructions And if you want to listen to just meditations, I have a sleep meditation and a heart healing meditation on my podcast called Meditation Break.
0: Yeah, and one more second, caller. We're going to be at Ruby Tuesdays in Fairfax Circle Uh, right after the show. It does have to be Thursday, the 14th, 16th, 16th of uh, January this evening if you'd like to join us. And hi, caller. What's your name, please? I know these people. They're apparently a club. (laughs) Do call back. Now this idea. Well, how
1: about the last caller that got cut off? I'll just do a reading. I'll just assume they wanted a reading. So, well, I'm assuming it's the same person, but the last person that got disconnected. So, if you just tried calling and you got disconnected, um, this is the reading for you. And these readings can go if they for anybody if they feel resonant. It's you that say that. Okay, so letting go is saying that you can't really change the nature of the flower uh, by um, to pulling on it, that you really have to let things grow in their own nature. So it's reminding you to let go and just let things go the way they're going to go, which is going to be good. It's, it's better that way because they can't grow right if we've got our hand around it. Awakening is talking about there's going to be some realizations coming to you that will make your perspectives really shift and change on things going on in your life right now. And so to let them in, and that will create the divergent or the um, fork in the road. And remember, look at your inner guidance because that signpost gives you lots of clues when you are at that decision point. And read the signs, this is to this direction, this is to this, which one feels right to you? And walk that, that you really, there's never a wrong decision. So it's, it's a good thing. Yeah. We'll go to the left.
0: And the thing no, about, okay, we, we have another, another call. Hi, caller. What's your name, please?
2: Hi, uh,
3: this is Kathy.
0: Kathy, what can we do for you?
3: Hi, I'd like to get a reading from Mary. Um, I quit my job. I walked out on my job about 10 months ago, and um, I'd just like to get a reading and see what's okay. going on.
1: Okay. Well, we're down to our last couple minutes, so I'll see what I can get out. The romance card is not necessarily talking about romance in your external life, but romance really happens within. Romance is being kind and gentle and being in the moment and being considerate and reading the clues of what's going on right now. And it really begins with our self. And so what this is saying is to really get to know yourself and be kind to yourself about that decision. Look at how many times this card is coming up. Everybody can see that I shuffled the deck pretty well with each one. And so, what you really loved took you on a diver- divergent path. But there may be a part of you that's still judging you for what you for, for leaving that job, even if it's just for a little part of that. Uh, even if, even if most of you agrees with it, and that may have you hesitant, standing hesitant at the fork in the road. So let go of any guilt or any feelings that you have. Um, that are still based on that choice to leave. And then it will, you will move forward and you will start broadcasting your message out there. I feel like right now it's not being heard as well because of something that's holding you back. And since that's the romance card, you might even consider if there is something to do with, uh, with that energy too that may be holding, uh, holding you back or connected somehow to the old job you left. So at any rate, uh, let go of any of those old feelings and you will move forward. Okay. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. It was our joy and honor to take you to the door tonight. And we are on every Thursday. We Mm -hmm. may or may not be live next week, depending if we can find a volunteer director.
0: Yeah, and could we appeal for crew in general? If you happen to be associated with FBA, we could use some volunteers in virtually every position, and especially, as you were saying, a director for next Next week. week. But we
1: are live on the Internet. You can listen to us on iTunes, podcasting, Uh, go there and you can download us to your i and it's just the audio so you can take us with you on your commute to work and Mm -hmm. such and
0: and everyone who calls in we want to thank you love you for calling in because you provide uh questions and many 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 people have these questions and
1: and you can play the my my cards my four decks online so you can go and get messages for for free for yourself Mm -hmm. there
0: yeah but uh, the calls are very important, and mm-hmm. uh, they work well. And we they love sure it. do. So thank you. Love it for people to call in.
1: Okay. So thank you for joining us this evening, and we'll see you next bat, bat same bat time, same bat channel. I
0: believe that's eight thirty Thursday yeah. nights
1: is when we're live, and we re-air okay. Friday mornings at seven a.m. and mm-hmm. Saturday nights at ten p.m.
0: I love you very much.